0: Welcome to this week's edition of The Roboticist. My guest this week is Frank Casali, who is the founder of the Institute for Robotic Process Automation and Artificial Intelligence. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Good to speak with you today.
0: Thank you. So some of the folks, uh, you may notice a little bit of jitter in Frank's speaking. Uh, He's working through a combination of both computer and phone, so the internet is not always our friend. So if he sounds a little off from his visual. visual, it's because that's how the internet works, not because he actually has personal lag. Okay, so I have some questions for you.
1: Um,
0: tell me a little bit about the Institute and who your ideal customers are and what you do for them.
1: So I formed uh, this uh, organization, you know, for short we call it ERPA AI, less of a mouthful. Uh, about five years ago, uh, we uh, noticed here that uh, this you know, RPA trend, uh, this move, this revisit to enterprise AI, was really clicking uh, out there in the marketplace. And we wanted to create a, uh, an ecosystem, a trusted clearinghouse, if you will, for information, advice, and thought leadership. And we felt it was the right time. And fortunately, it was. Uh, we currently have over uh, 60,000 members globally, and uh, we grow daily. Excellent.
0: So you caught that trend at the right time, for sure. Yeah. Um, Awesome. So, what's the problem that you solve for your membership?
1: Well, uh, for most it's uh, really understanding. You know, if you think about it, uh, the first question is, uh, kind of what is it? What is robotic process automation? Or what is intelligent automation? Or what is enterprise AI? And uh, that typically may take somebody from a couple of hours to a couple of months to really kind of crack the code on that. Uh, Then from there, um, uh, the focus tends to be more on who's doing it, uh, what's real, what's not, uh, people getting a sense of what's science versus science fiction. Uh, And then from there, people typically want to get a sense of who the players are and um, what platforms they should be evaluating. So depending on where you are in the process, those are the most common questions. I would say right now you know, 80% of the marketplace globally are what I call starters, you know, you might call beginners. And somewhere between 15 and 20% are what I call scalers, meaning they've already started the past three, four, five years, so they know how to spell RPA. It's more about how to uh, expand uh, within their organization. Got it.
0: Okay, excellent. Um, So what are the kind of problems that people come to the organization with? Are they you know, showing up and saying, I just know nothing about this industry or any of the people in it? Um, or do they already have some idea of where they're trying to go and they're just looking for additional assistance and networking or is it a mix?
1: Well, so like anything else, it is a mix. And uh, you know, you touched on it before you had asked what types of members, and I would say typically other technology leaders, uh, business leaders, um, chief innovation, people within organizations. And by the way, this is both on the buy side and the sell side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's there's just as much reinvention as disruption, uh, if you will, happening uh, on the on the solution provider side, right? As as is happening on the on the uh, enterprise client side, if you will. Uh, but typically for the most part, if I if I think of the deals that are being done and the efforts that are taking place, they fall into one of two categories. One is what I call more um, um, RPA-led opportunities and the other are more RPA-fueled. You know, and now in this case, I'll use RPA as a catch-all. Could be intelligent automation, could be AI. Uh, but just think of uh, advanced automation led or advanced automation fueled. Advanced automation led, in that scenario, um, uh, someone, uh, their CFO or CIO read something in a magazine or they were at a conference and they said, hey, look into this thing. Let's see how it can help us. So it's more about, okay, what is this? How does it work? What are the benefits? You know, where should we begin? How do we test this out? So uh, it's it's more about that. Um, and um, not to be confused with automa- automation-fueled discussion, where someone may come to us and they say, you know what, we're under pressure. We need to reduce spend. You know, we've done some outsourcing. Uh, we've done lean. Um, you know, we've done uh, uh, process reengineering. We're kind of out of tricks, right? So we want to try something new and different, you know, uh, can this help us? So it's less about RPA, the shiny new thing. It's more about we have this problem, we're running out of ideas, we're willing to try some new stuff, can this come in and uh, can you come in and, and help us figure this out? So I use cost uh, a reduction as an example because it's not the only reason, but it continues to be the most predominant reason why people are really moving in this direction. It's to uh, really uh, reduce costs, uh, create a- a- a efficiencies, if you will, and I guess in general uh, uh, reduce dependence on traditional labor, shifts more toward you know what I've called now for five years, digital labor. Understood.
0: Gotcha. So what are some of the common mistakes that people make when they're trying to in implement either artificial intelligence or robotic process automation when they're, you know, they're like, they have this great idea of I've got this manual drudgery filled task that I've got 10 people working on. Uh, I'll just get a computer and it'll fix it all. Right. So, so what yeah. kind of mistakes do they make along the way?
1: No, that's a great question. And those are great examples. So, um, so let's see, there are a few, uh, I would say, uh, uh, as in any example where there's emerging tech, I always advise people if you can bring in an advisor of some sort, mm-hmm. you can get some third party assistance. That certainly uh, uh, smooths the on ramp and mitigates risk. So uh, that's one thing I would advise that you could do. So where people tend to trip up, it's they kind of wing it a bit. Uh, that's one example. So don't do a, do, don't do a DIY deal if, if, you know, the, if you can avoid it. That's number one. But number two is. Um, when we see these things tripping up, it's less about the technology being ready, and it's more about people being ready. Uh, technology works. There's just a lot of good stuff out there. And uh, my feeling is if you look at what's available now, if they, if they didn't create a single new piece of technology, there's just so much magic out there right now, real stuff. Um, where the challenge is is getting people uh, willing to embrace it, you know, how to minimize resistance. Um, uh, and how to uh, get support from up top, right? I would say fifty percent of the fifty uh, percent of the, the pilots uh, go nowhere, uh, primarily due to people in politics um, uh, and just kind of fear of change. So, so the first scenario is people. So you really have to see is your organization or at least is your department ready to try something new? That's one uh, common. Uh, a close second, a uh, common mistake is is just your process. So if you automate a bad process, you have an automated bad process. Faster. So faster. yeah, so you get it right. So you know, twenty twenty four years ago, I founded the Outsourcing Institute, uh, which is still in place. But you know, there used to be this kind of uh, a, a joke in the industry of "you're a mess for less," right? So if you're looking at to your together. And it's just a mess and you outsource it, you'll have an outsourced mess right now. So that's okay, but it's by no means optimal. Same with process, right? So so the recommendation is uh, don't automate a screwed up process. Uh, uh, work either internally or with a trusted advisor uh, or coach to optimize that process, compress the process of uh, the gains you can receive at that point are a multiple what you would have if you did not go about it that way got it okay
0: so you have said bring in a third party expert don't automate a bad process and make sure the organization's ready for the kind of change that you're suggesting with the technology um is there a resource that folks who are watching can go to and, and learn more about what you do and what your organization does
1: well listen there's, there's, there's uh, membership is free in our organization um uh, there's thousands of people at any given month coming to us, so we're one. I mean, there are many many different advisory firms and media organizations, but uh, you you can look this up uh, on the internet. We're at irpanetwork.com, irpanetwork.com. is a ton of white papers and videos there. It's all free, just need to opt in. We have events throughout the year. We do webinars, uh, publish uh, research reports, things like that. But I would also, if you have a trusted advisor that you've been working with for years, at this point of the game, uh, even if they were not up to speed three or four years ago, most of the advisors, whether it's a small niche player right up to the big four, are pretty fairly well versed in robotic process automation and intelligent automation at this point. Um, so you want to do there. And I would say also, you just, you got to get in the game. I mean, at this point, uh, if you have a gun, uh, you, you got to dive in the pool. Uh, for the sake of your company, and even selfishly, for the sake of your career, uh, I think we 're at the point now where we're starting to see certainly in the technology space and more and more in the business space, you know those who get it, you know it being this, meaning digital transformation, automation, AI, those who get it are on board, and those who still haven 't figured it out we haven't kind of taken the first or second step. so let say for the sake of your company and your career, you know, do your homework, read up on this, and join either global or local networks to, to, to get briefed, but stay with it, because it, it's a very fluid and rapidly evolving space.
0: All right. That's absolutely true. I tell folks that it's one of those things that happens slowly at first and then all at once. All right, folks, you've heard it here. So go out and check out Frank's organization, learn more about what's going on in our industry and where you need to go next. Thanks very much, Frank, for being here today. I greatly appreciate it.
1: And thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Good luck to you. All
0: right. Awesome. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Roboticist. If you'd like to see more episodes, visit us at www.jiquette.com slash podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about how machine learning and artificial intelligence can help you create competitive advantage for your organization, visit us at www.jiquette.com slash AI. Thanks.